Hey everyone, it's Andy. Just jumping in real quick here at the beginning. Josh's audio might sound a little off on this episode. He joined us obviously for our finale of this particular discussion of the end of One Punch Man. But unfortunately, I think he had something wrong with his settings. So if you can't hear him as well, I apologize. I'm going to do everything I can to kind of raise his voice. But um, if he sounds off, that is why. Hope you enjoy our finale. We kind of went on for quite a while. So we'll see how many uh, how, how many minutes this ends up being after we cut some stuff out. So uh, enjoy. And yeah, here we go. Talk about anime. He's class C, rank number 54. He's Josh. Hey, hey, hey. And I'm still not better than Moomin Rider. I would have thought you would say he'd, uh, he's rank 69. I almost said 69, but I thought it would be too too low hanging of a fruit. Oh, come on. Everyone loves the low hanging fruit. It's the only thing that Josh knows about anything hanging low. <laughs> he's. Class A, rank one, is Bill. I'm so pretty. You're so pretty. You're the prettiest one on the podcast. <laughs> it's the beard, right? Yes, with your long flowing locks. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> My long flowing beard? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I am class B, rank seven. Don't know where that was going. My name is Andy. <laughs> so you work for Fabuki. I could, I, I might work for Fubuki. You probably do if you're in Res 7. I'm probably, yeah, I probably do. You know what? I'm okay with that. I think she's pretty badass, so I'm totally fine with that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Hi. It, the band is back together for an official episode. Not a bonus episode, but an official episode. Our finale. Official of season. Yes, officially. Uh, our finale of season five. Season five of Tuning Japanese. Feels like the longest season ever. Like longer than Gurren Lagann. To be fair, I went back and the last three seasons have taken us out about a year each. Yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> I think we've done our finales in July for the last three seasons. So Fair enough, fair enough. And it is July. We're, we've just officially hit July. We're in the midst of hell times and uh but we're here remotely recording i i think futurama said it best we're just a bunch of kids from the stupid ages that's fair Mm -hmm. i think that's great uh (laughs) stupid enough that you know some of us tried to cut their own hair today and just don't look at me from the from behind because the back of my head looks terrible well the rest of us decided to grow their shit out and their wife is happy about it i was like fuck (laughs) it i'm just gonna just cut my hair today and I'm the other extreme. I just shaved my head. That's true. <laughs> I thought I almost did. I thought about it. I was like, just believe me. I, I thought about it too. But then, but then Monica's like, no, you will grow your hair out. So I'm like, damn it. All right. So you're set. Hey, we're here today to talk about One Punch Man. We've made it through to the end. Last time around, we reviewed the finale 
of season two of One Punch Man. Uh, We had some bloopers that we released from the second half as well. That got filthy. That did. Dude, I had to cut, especially given how, you know, the state of certain things in the world right now, I had to cut a few things where I'm like, probably shouldn't go there. Um, But yeah. Bloopers got a little raunchy, as per usual. Um, well, Jack I'm back to clean it all up now. Ha! Squeaky clean Josh's here, fuckers! I think maybe that was raunchier than usual. You think so? I don't think so. I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to re-listen to those bloopers. We use the term booty caviar. Oh, I forgot about the booty caviar! Oh, gross! Why'd you have to remind me of that? Those of you uh, that, that wish you could see this right now, Andrew is squirming. Uh, Literally squirming in his chair. I did squirm. I forgot all about the booty caviar. <laughs> if you booty want to know the context caviar. of that, go back to last week's episode, our set of bloopers for the second half of One Punch Man. Or, in fairness, listen to Risk. In fairness, do that. Okay, but... We're going to talk about One Punch Man, and I'm going to open it up to just a general question. Now that we've had a chance to watch Season 1 and Season 2, and not only absorb that... Well, some of us have watched Season 2. Not only <laughs> let's, let's, that. Let's, get, let's get that out of, the, out of the room right now. Once it gets to the Season 2 stuff, I am not going to be any help. Josh um, will be quiet during those times. Well, right. he won't be quiet, but like no, he, no, won't, I will still he won't add anything to the conversation. But yeah, I won't have anything of substance to contribute. We are going to talk about the show overall. Um, and I just kind of want to start with, you know, I want to start with Bill on this one, since, Bill, this was your anime. Yes, it was. Um, what are Thank your what, yeah, what are your overall thoughts about One Punch Man, especially now that we've had a chance to not only watch it again, but dissect it through all of our discussions. Have your opinions changed at all? What are your overall impressions now? Because I feel like one of the interesting things about this podcast is we all go in with a certain recollection of the animes that we choose, but sometimes we walk out and our thoughts are are, are molded in often ways. I, I look back at uh, Wolf's Reign specifically, uh, you know, with our, you know, I, I kind of went in with very rosy on the show and I still left loving the show, but had a lot more things to think about. So what are your thoughts overall, Bill? We'll start with you on one. I think actually my opinion of One Punch Man is higher than when we started. I kind of thought that's what you were going to say. Do you want to elaborate on that? I mean, it started out as a parody. started out funny. And it always delivered that. But as we really dug into the motivations and the complexities of the emotions of the characters and why they were the way they were, it brought a whole new depth of life to it. And I know that a lot of people were down on season two as not being as good as season one. I found a lot of joy in season two. And I think that it explored things that season one didn't touch. Not only is the comedy sharp as attack, but there's a lot of substance there. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of drama, a lot of um, psychoanalysis. Yeah, I want to play on that a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I think season one excels at is, you know, I, I think we talked about this in previous episodes. Season one felt like they didn't think it was going to go past one season almost. You know, that like maybe a season two was not necessarily expected. And we talked about how, you know, different studios, you know, a different studio for season two you know, we had JC staff take pick it up, uh, you know, compared to season one. Um, so, you know, I think with the popularity, obviously they wanted to do more, but season one was, it was a little, it felt a little more self-contained. You know, the pacing was different. Uh, it was more comedic. Not to say that season two was, is not comedic because 
absolutely it is. Um, but I, I think I completely agree with you in season two. It has more depth. I think the characters get more interesting. I think we, you know, their decision to do spotlights, for example, on characters like, you know, Fubuki and King and Metal Bat, you know, on and, paper. And even you know, Garu. We, and even Garu, right? And especially Garu. You know, if we would have said, you know, we would see spotlight episodes in season one, we it wouldn't have made sense, right? Because everyone in season one, it was a joke. You know, we'd get a backstory of a character and it would be long and drawn out for the joke of, okay, then Saitama's going to punch and kill this person. Yes, there was, uh, they were all in service of Saitama, either to set up a joke, to be the punchline of the joke, to be the victim of Saitama. And, and season one is really that exploration, I think, of Saitama's character. You yeah. know, we, we get, we get the character of Boros who is like Saitama, an alien from some other world that is looking for the same sort of thing, right? Um, he wants to find passion and find someone to fight and challenge, and it could be a challenge for him. Um, and, you know, there's this element of anti-catharsis at the end where, you know, even though Saitama gets a decent fight with Boros, he still has to hold back, right? And season two is not about Saitama really at all, in my estimation, at least. Absolutely. And you could make an argument that season one was about Genos. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he totally could. I think Genos is just as important. He would have been the main character in any other anime. And I think his journey of, like, realizing being the only person in the world to get that Saitama is what he is instead of just a joke, spaz, random vigilante. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of a story arc, too. He's he's at least a... What is the term, the literary term, where there's two protagonists? Uh, like, I like deuter deuteragonist or deuteragonist yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember the exact term for it. But I think I think that is what Genos is. I think he is, although he's not the titular character. Mm-hmm. We are more on the journey with him than we are Saitama. Right. Would you Would you think that that Genos is more of a um, say audience POV character or um, that, audience well exactly. Search? That's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Kinda, kinda. I think. I think you know, from point of view, he at least. Right. I. I think, and I think, if I if I can elaborate just a little bit, I think Genos yeah, uh, is is kind of a a a uh, um, audience uh, perspective uh, um, power fantasy, but still not quite going to be as great as the main character. Because, you know, at least from the season one perspective, Genos does some really cool, fascinating shit. But he still pales in comparison to Saitama. And he's always, almost always on the sideline at the end. He's the only other one in the world at that point that gets Saitama as well as the audience does. Mm-hmm. What about Everybody Bong? else thinks he's, he's Bong eventually, yes. But yeah. from episode one, we know Saitama's powerful. He figures it out right away. Again, I guess I shouldn't say episode one, episode two. Correct. That's what Genos kind of makes his appearance. But but I think he is the audience insert. Yeah, I could see it. I, I think he's he's definitely, as we've talked about on episodes before, he would be, the, like you'd already said it too, even this episode, he would be the main character, you know, if Saitama wasn't around. You know, he's that super powerful. He's kind of interesting. He's He goes through character growth and development. He's good looking. He's got a cool design. You know, yeah. good looking and both being handsome and being cool. Absolutely. Like, he has all of those things. Yep. And he even gets the upgrades, the whatever the 
mm-hmm. the main anime protagonist would do, whether it's two techniques or training or power-ups or whatever, he has yeah. that in the form of upgrades. Yeah, he gets the, you know, like the Saiyan to Super Saiyan. He gets like the new attacks and transformations from Sailor Moon or whatever, right? Yep. Your your genre. Well, and he gets his body rebuilt, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it goes from being gray to being black to these extra arms that come out. That mm-hmm. he, he definitely is, I think, he would be really well suited as the main character. In a lot of ways, you could make the argument that he's the main character of season one. Uh, season one. Yeah. Not season two. No. And again, I think what's interesting is that, like, you know, what makes it go back to our original like thought about, you know, the difference between season one and season two. What what's most interesting about season two is that, you know, we have Garu who kind of starts off as a character who I didn't like. We talked about it like I didn't like Garu at first because I was like, well, like what? Like he's not going to be a challenge for Saitama. You know, like we, so we saw what happened with with Boros and um, but like that he doesn't even matter. Like he doesn't even really get to fight Saitama. Anytime no. he runs around with Saitama, he just gets bitched. Yep. He I think twice i think we see it mm-hmm. um and once when saitama thinks he's mugging him and once yep. when garu uh attacks king tries to attack king. yep yep so yeah that's, knocked that's through the wall. not what it's about no but what it is about especially in those last couple episodes where they really dive into garu's background and who he is is the hypocrisy of superheroes and the you know the idea of you know, like kind of like what he stands for. And it, 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 that part is really fascinating to me. I think he makes a really great focal point of view character for season two. Oh, he does. He's, uh, you know, he's not just a villain you like because he's a cool villain. Yeah. He's you, not just like you legitimately Vegeta's like him. cool or yeah. Or Monev. I like Monev. Yeah. Because he's a big, cool looking crazy dude with guns in his hands. Mm-hmm. Not because I really feel for him. Garu. I totally would buy a, a anti-hero anime with Gary as the main character. Yeah. He kind of takes on the role that I hoped that Speed of Sound Sonic would have at the, you know, the start of season two, right. where like they're building him up in season one to be like, you know, like I kind of expected him to join the good side and be part of the squad. And we don't really get that. A Vegeta character. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't get that by the end of season two. I mean, we still may get it at some point, but I feel like one of my criticisms maybe of One Punch Man is that transition from season one to season two and how, while yes, they pick up on things, some things felt lost. So like that whole like role of Speed of Sound Sonic, you know, he he's in some of the episodes of season two, but he's not much of a focal point. Hmm. Um, and changing the, studios probably had a lot to do with that. Oh, absolutely. And... You know, like a character like Ame Mask, who they were legitimately building at the end of season one as, as being like some sort of major potential threat. Maybe he'd turn bad, maybe something. But we barely see Ame Mask in season Correct. two. Correct. So that's that's one of my problems. Could that in of itself? And, and you know, once again, speaking as somebody who hasn't seen the second second season, yet, could that also have been the anime in its own right? In the in the uh, satirical sense, you know, going with the because some animes do have it the the unrealized character or the unrealized plots or or you know that sort of thing. You know, um, Ame Mask. You know, yes, you were going to build him up to be maybe some sort of foil to Saitama in the future, but then they don't do anything don't don't do anything with that. That that happens, and maybe yeah. that was its own call out. It could be. Um, I did find out today when I was uh, 
going back through the episodes and building my top five list, there apparently was an OVA. Hmm. Uh, there was like, was a, like there was like a ten minute OVA released with each disc. Yeah. I think I saw that myself, and, and I never I never watched them, but I saw them. There's like maybe like six or so episodes, and like you're right, they're like ten minutes each. So I don't know if any of that was explored during that time. Again, I, I think it probably just boils down to a different team. It went to a different studio. They had different priorities and characters, different priorities and what the story they wanted to tell and the, the, the characters they found interesting. Right. I think you're probably right. You know, you have different writers, you have different, you know, like sure. studio heads and directors that want to tell a different story. And uh, my mask just maybe wasn't important to them. Speed of Sound Sonic, not as important to them. Well, what about, what about, um, Manga adaptation. I mean, given that, that One Punch Man, like most animes, are are a an adaptation of a manga. Um, but a, a lot of uh, animes do tend to try to stay fairly close to the source material of manga. You know, right. not very often, any especially anymore. Do you see um, an anime stray away from the manga? You know, like in the sense of like the first uh, run of. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist as as opposed to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Right. Was it also, was this something that was also reflected on the manga? You know, I, I wish I had a better answer for that since I've mm -hmm. not read the manga. And I don't think, yeah. I know, I don't believe Bill has, and no. I'm pretty sure you haven't either, Josh. No. Okay. So I, I don't really have a good answer to that. Maybe someone yeah. who listens that has read the manga and is kind of following along with our, our reviews mm -hmm. here could enlighten us. But as far sure. as my understanding, I don't know, but I think you are right in mm -hmm. saying that a lot of times they will try to adapt nowadays, especially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. much more closely. You know, you bring up Full Metal Alchemist. That's a good example. Sailor mm -hmm. Moon's another example where, like, the anime was so different from the manga. And then Crystal came out, and then, yeah. But I think the other thing you got to remember is this kind mm -hmm. of plays on Western superhero tropes. And, like, the MCU doesn't follow the comics to the T, they pull out whatever arc they think is interesting for that movie or that series of movies. I don't think it's necessary that they have to follow as the manga went point A to point B to point C, especially something like this where it's so satirical and it's so based in Western comics. They True, said, well, but, but, but then again, to a lot of people um, get very anal about it being, you know, especially anime, uh, other anime fans uh, that love a manga get extremely butthurt and anal over the fact that the adaptation is not in keeping with the manga. And, and one bunch fan would never jerk around the anime fans. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're, we're talking about the manga. So maybe this will lead sure. into my next question. Um, mm -hmm. And especially because none of us have read the manga. We, I think we can, we can kind of, and maybe Josh won't be able to add in as much here, but where do you think, you know, obviously, Bill and I, when we talked about the finale, you know, one of the things that I, one of the criticisms I lobbed at season two compared to season one was that season two did not feel as clean of an ending. It felt, you know, yeah, sure, they defeated Sentichuro, but then in the long, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, Sentichuro was badass, but he wasn't a big bad, you know, like he was, like, but he wasn't at the same time. He, he was only a big bad in, in the literal sense. Yeah, like, Absolutely. You know, and the the stuff with Garu was not fully fleshed, like finished. Obviously, yes, they you knew that they were going to be doing a season three, even before you watch that episode. Like you knew that this was become a cash cow 
series. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is like, where, what, what are some of your predictions for season three of One Punch Man? They don't do JC staff anymore. They go back to Man Man. Oh God, that would be that'd be a twist. Just just keep <laughs> juggling back and forth. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Studio Bones takes over season yeah. three. Oh there uh, you go. So 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 we go from Madman to JC staff now to Studio Bones. There you go. After that, I'll be Periot. Um, and okay yeah, <laughs> Bill. Since again, this is your your pick. Do you do you have anything that you would like to either you think they will focus on or you want them to focus on in season three? I think seeing Garu really live up to what he says about screw justice, screw evil, I'm in it for me, and really becoming less of a human monster and more of a a neutral force, and, and really kind of realizing that's bringing him, if he's standing up for the little guy, that makes him a hero. You know, maybe he becomes hero of the monsters or something. Um, okay. I could absolutely see the misfit monster and the misfit hero team up. I think I said that last episode. I think you did too. That that I could definitely see a, a team up between the Misfit Monster and the Misfit Hero. That could be a compelling story. Definitely. Um I could also see Garu becoming an actual challenge to Saitama. Maybe the actual ending there would be Garu overcoming Saitama and taking his place. Yeah, I uh that would be interesting. I definitely want to see the team up. I think it's gonna eventually head to that direction. And you know, we see at the end of season two he's being taken against his will to go see Orichi. Like he doesn't really want to. He he defies the monster association by basically saying, like, screw you, I don't want to be involved. But then he's saved by Phoenix Man, yep. right? Who who swoops down and takes him. Um it'll definitely be interesting to see that team up. I feel like I feel like he's gonna maybe start to see that he can, you know, whether it's neutral or whether he can be a hero, despite all of his negative ideals of what heroes are, like that he could see maybe someone like Saitama who is good. Yeah, what a hero should be. Yeah, absolutely. Which, as we talked about, like in episode 11 and even a little bit in episode 12, like how the difference between, um, you know, that expectation of what he thinks heroes are and then the reality of what heroes are, right? Most of those heroes are very much like the the kids that like treated him negatively in his childhood, but there are good ones out there. Absolutely. And I would love to see, you know, all out war between the hero association and the monster association, uh, hurting the common people and, and those two going enough, you know, maybe putting together a, a super friend's, you know, they can get uh, Genos, obviously, Fabuki, um, Darkshine, you know, some of the guys that, Metal Bat, even. Yeah. Some of the people that really kind of are more hero, common Rider, or a uh, Moomin Rider, of course. You know, some of the people that are more legit. Do we see any heroes turn to the Monster Association side? We saw, um, you know, we saw, we did see, you know, certain people take the, the monster McNuggets, eat the monster McNuggets and, and change into, to monsters. You know, there are some, some heroes that are much more, you know, nefarious or sorry, heroes rather. I think it's a monsters heroes that are more nefarious. Do you, do you think that maybe that happens? King? I, <laughs> I, no, I you're not, you're not, just you're, you're not wrong. My head. King, something happens to King and, and that, that's what happens to him. You're that's not the one wrong. thing I know about King. <laughs> King crossed my mind. I could see where mm-hmm. King could finally decide that he needed that power for some reason. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
I hate to see it happen because I like the the foil of King the Saitama. Oh, absolutely. I like 100%. the friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it? And, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong because I've at least read that. It, isn't it a lot of times they're they're just hanging out and playing video games or something like that, and then yeah. King takes uh, si- uh, takes the credit for what Saitama does. Yeah, because King has no superpowers. Right, right. King doesn't take the credit so much as he lets the credit be thrust upon. Right, and and si- Saitama's like, okay, whatever. You're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> We're buddies. Yep. Well, even before they're buddies, Saitama's like, you know, do you want to live like that? That's cool. I don't care. Yeah, he's not judging by any yeah. means. The other side of that, though, is King does provide Saitama with something in his life that he doesn't get anywhere else. King kicks the crap out of Saitama in video games <laughs> with no effort, and he handicaps himself terribly and still wins. That was the catalyst for him going to take on Sedishoro, finally. Yeah, he needed a release of winning a fight. Mm-hmm. He needed to lose. That's that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he basically like needs a cigarette after he he gets beaten eighty one times in a row, and then goes out and takes it out in Sinaturo and and destroys him in one punch. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. It's vindication. Then King's like, oh, it's he, like that you... damn mosquito in episode two. Yes. <laughs> he couldn't beat that mosquito. He could. <laughs> he definitely could. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to see. I, I agree with you. I want to see more with with Garu and Saitama. I want to see them some sort of burgeoning friendship. I want to see the Hero Association lose in that big fight because uh, you know, like we're building up toward like them going to the Monster Association, and that's gonna that's got to be early in the season, which right. means that the heroes they send got to be got to be squashed. I do have one thing I want to see, but stop me if the, if it happened. Okay. Okay. I want to see Genos square off against Metal Knight and find out that Metal Knight was was the responsible for what happened to his extremely long backstory. We haven't seen that yet. Not yet. Okay, okay. I want to see that happen. Because they hinted it in, in uh, the first season. Yeah. Uh, one of the other heroes goes, you know, don't, don't trust Metal Knight. Yeah, you know, they did. Know. They dropped yeah. that. It's another thing they dropped, but then they don't really follow up a whole lot on. Right. So, I mean, they left that that steaming golden nugget and i want to see it happen because mm-hmm. already genos doesn't like metal knight yeah and i want to see metal knight get his he does a little bit in this season you know oh, like okay. we saw that we saw metal knight get beat up by one of the monsters from the monster association i can't remember which one one of the two really big ones from the tournament arc right hmm. i want to see blast <laughs> right we've you yet to see, see him yes like anytime he's ever mentioned, you know, he like they built him up. So I want to see him at some point. Um, mm. I I want to see Watchdog Man actually fight. I mean, I think we saw a decent amount. We saw a little bit with Garu. Yeah, we were teased more than anything. True. Okay. True. Okay. And and I'm going to sound really stupid. Fubuki is uh, Tornado's sister, right? Yes. Correct. Yes. I want to see Hellish them Blizzard. throw down too. Have they thrown down? Uh, not yet, but they did get into a, an altercation-ish where Terrible Tornado took out all of her lackeys. The implication seems to be that Tornado would take out Fubuki pretty, pretty yeah, handily. Pretty, yeah, pretty easily. She's supposed to be the most powerful Esper, and she's also the, she's the oldest of the two, right? Fubuki yeah. is the younger sister. Yes. So Fubuki looks older. Yes. Right. Um, she's the older, she's the world's most powerful Esper. And she's mm-hmm. the and she's the rank two hero, right? Yeah. Um, 
we've not seen Blast yet, so him aside, of the of characters we've seen, she's likely the second most powerful character on the show. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got into the argument before of, like, could Saitama actually beat her? And I'm still right now in the in, in the ballpark of, like, I think she could probably win if she took it seriously. I don't think so. I, I, I would see it in the same vein as when Saitama um, in episode uh, 11 took on the tentacle guy. And the tentacle guy had very, very much Esper-like powers. And Saitama just willed himself past it and just, you know, obliterated him. I think it would be similar to that. She'd be all like, oh yeah, I'm going to hold you. And goes, eh, eh, eh. You could make all the arguments in the world about two characters fighting um, on new- on neutral ground. Mm-hmm. Like a death battle situation or a smash fiction situation. Yeah. But when it really comes down to it, Ter- Terrible Tornado is in-universe with Saitama. The show's whole premise is that he beats every opponent at one punch. Right. Therefore, she is bound by those laws. We'll see. Maybe we'll see that in Season 3. <laughs> also, I want to ship a uh, uh, Tornado and Genos. Tornado and Genos? Yeah, Tornado and Genos. I don't see it. I'm not a fan, um, but I, did you see the did you see the artwork that someone did of uh, Genos and um, uh, Battle Angel? Oh, Alita? Alita. Alita. Yes. Okay, I'd ship that. That was pretty good. I ship that. that. That that makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense. Before we wrap up our discussion of One Punch Man here, I do want to mm-hmm. ask the question of who are your favorite characters? From the giant list of all the people in One Punch Man, who are your favorites okay. um, of, of anyone, good or bad? I'll have the more limited list, but um, Moomin Rider. Um, I, I've talked about this before. He, he's one of my. He's he's probably my favorite character because of he's the ultimate tryhard, and um, I you know the ultimate underdog. You know he's not going to win, right? But. Um, he he his his tenacity is great. Um, he's he's a delightful character, and he's not a jackass like like. And I'm sorry the the image of him giving Saitama a ride on his bicycle. You know Saitama standing on the back back pegs of the bicycle while he's riding him off to to take on um, Sea King is still one of my favorite images ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, followed that. Um, I do like Tornado. I think the the arrogant little bitch is a delight because she's such an arrogant little bitch. That's fair. I, I do find Saitama to be, you know, also probably one of my favorite characters because if nothing else, his dry wit, his very dry delivery, especially in season one, is one of the best things ever. It's just the the whole unimpressed, I don't care. But, you know, because it's just boring to be this this powerful. Okay. I love it. Yeah. That, those, those are my favorite characters. Um, Moomin Rider's great. Uh, you know, we I was listening back to our finale of season four when we had Superfan Matt on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, it was I think it was Bill, myself, and Matt. And I remember Matt said, you and you and Matt were talking about how Moomin Rider is a character that you, you both couldn't wait for me to see. You know, and and I agree. I think Moomin Rider is pretty great. Um, I really wish we could have got a little bit more of Moomin Rider, especially, you know, the second season. Um, we did definitely get parts with him, and I think he still played an interesting role. Um, I did enjoy him. I, I really, 
I really enjoy Speed of Sound Sonic. <laughs> I, I think he might be one of my all-time favorite characters from this anime. I, With I, that I, innocent smile of his? Yeah, he he's a little asshole. He's, he's you know, kind of like the way that you kind of describe Terrible Tornado. Um, but he has that unwavering, you know, he's got that Vegeta syndrome. He's got to be better than Saitama. He's going to do everything he can to be better than Saitama. Um, but you know that he's never going to be. Uh, and, I, and I just really wish he, they would have done more with him in season two. And then uh, I really enjoy King's character just because, as Bill had mentioned before, that camaraderie between King and Saitama, they play off each other super well. And he just just so, super reminds me of Thurk. And like he's, <laughs> he's, he's such a fun character. He's a super fun character, and I, I enjoy him a lot. So I think those are probably some of my favorites from the anime. Uh, no shock, I agree. Moomin Rider, King, um, Saitama himself, you know, usually I don't love the main character as much as the other characters, but, uh, Saitama kind of makes the show. It's true. And, uh, not just because of the gimmick, but the depth of emotion behind the gimmick. Um, I really like Garu. Oh, he's so good. I, I forgot to add him to my list too, yeah. Um, as for more, um, minor characters that I still really enjoy whenever they're on screen. Um, I'm starting to really be fond of Metal Bat. He's really good too. Yeah. Okay. Spring Mustachio. <laughs> I fucking and, love Spring Mustachio. And maybe it makes me a bad ally, but man, Purry Purry Prisoner's fun. Oh, I forgot to mention Purry. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I was re- I'm not offended by Purry Purry Prisoner. Uh, I was re-skimming the episodes to make my top five and. I simultaneously smiled, but also grimaced at Puri Puri Prisoner yet again in that for, in his in his debut episode. Like I think at its core, I really love Puri Puri Prisoner. But then I'm like, mm, that whole like I'm in jail because I rape dudes it really bothers me. Maybe he just stalks them. They just say he won't leave them alone. <sighs> so maybe he's just a stalker. Just stalking. It is just yeah. It's. It's a touchy subject. But, I mean, that like, syringe was definitely full of jizz. Oh, yeah. that The angel <laughs> oh, shot was full of jizz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, though, ultimately. <laughs> I really enjoy his character. I, I'll have to put Purry Purry Prisoner. I, I was having a hard time remembering him. But, yeah, no, he, he's, he's fun. He's delightful. Crablante? <laughs> Crablante. <laughs> Crablante. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and in the end... The the little kid and his relationship with Garu is one of the high points of the whole anime. Like he's fantastic. It, he is. He is absolutely. Is it the same? I, when you say little kid, I immediately went with the giant chin kid. Nope, this is no, a different kid. Different, different kid. kid. Okay. Okay. Taro, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's fantastic, and that whole that whole dynamic between them is. You start to feel like, good for your. Uh, you start to feel for Fubuki too, really. Oh, totally. Hundred percent. I I think one of my, I mean, just I love that episode where, <laughs> where she's just sitting in King's apartment with all of them, or Saitama's apartment, wherever yeah, they're at. Yeah, and like King and shows she's up. Like, Gino King shows, shows up. up. And she's like, oh, <laughs> so good, and, so and fucking good. Whether you want to say bang, bong, whatever, he Silver Fang, he's cool too. Yeah, yeah. The show dude has a go, lot of cool characters. Dude goes through like what ten uh, concrete walls and uh, is is just like oh. Ow! Let's keep fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else about One Punch Man in general before we get to our top five favorite episodes? Anything in closing we want to say about the anime? I I, I love it. 
um, at least for the first season. Not enough to watch all of it, but I mean, I, I want to be be able to watch all of it. Just things got crazy. All right, just you know, life got crazy. But um, I I love that somebody actually had the balls to create a show that points at that that really knocks on all the tropes that are beloved in anime, especially shown in anime and fighting fighty shown in anime. Um, I really enjoyed that. I think it was a gift to the world. There, there's my thoughts. Okay, Bill, final thoughts. Uh, agreed. I mean, for a premise that initially sounded terrible, I got to thank the guys at uh, the or uh, my anime podcast because mm-hmm. at, at the time, Reanimator, right, for talking about how good the show is and and why it's worth giving a chance. Because I, I really was not interested in a shonen about a character so powerful he beats everybody in one go. Just hearing that, mm-hmm. I really had to hear that there was, you know. Ennui and pathos and 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 irony and that it's worth watching, and I'm so glad it is. And it it has definitely become one of my favorite animes. And I don't watch new stuff ever. True. This is a truth fact. So so something new that I don't have any nostalgia for going into it and just falling in love with it. Yeah, uh, One Punch Man was fun. Um, I don't know if I would praise it as quite as much. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna. You know, say I didn't. I absolutely enjoyed it. You know, I did find myself not, you know, needing to watch the next episode or anything, you know, but uh, anytime I did watch it, I did enjoy it. And I've enjoyed this season talking about it. So um, it has been a a good addition, uh, especially, you know, like you, I don't watch as much new anime. I think I watch more new anime than you do, but not as much. Um, So it was kind of nice to to add something that is so renowned to my uh, repertoire. Yeah, my repertoire. So, yeah. all right, we're going to move on to top five episodes uh, of One Punch Man, which is something we always do in these finales. I'm going to mm-hmm. start with Josh, since Josh is working with a limited pool here. Josh only sure. chose his top five from season one. So, all Josh, right. take us away with your fifth favorite in the bottom of your top five. All right. Number five is episode nine, Unyielding Justice. Um, I enjoy this episode because of the idea that no matter how many guys you throw at it, it's still just going to be the main character who does it. Um, but also, we have such a great moment with uh, Moomin taking, trying to take on Sea King, knowing he's going to lose, knowing it's 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 a lost cause, but he's still doing it because he's trying to protect everyone. And you know, he, you know, Saitama comes in, saves them. He's like, "Hey, that was a good fight," and then obliterates the Sea King. Um, and then, of course, you know, Genos gets his ass kicked, too. And I think a couple of the other heroes do as well. But, I mean, it's just, it's a fun episode. And, of course, I spoke of it earlier. It's the image of Saitama on the bike with Moomin. Riding <laughs> doubles. Help. Riding doubles with, with, with Moomin is adorable. Yeah. No, I agree with that. <laughs> that does help. Mm-hmm. Fourth ranked is number 11, Dominator of the Universe, the penultimate episode of uh, the first season because I enjoy the action. Um, you know, Saitama wrecking through the spaceship is fantastic. It's fun. <laughs> um, you know, especially just because he's trying, he's, he's just haphazardly going through the ship and doesn't know where he's going. And everyone's yeah, freaking it's, out. It's so good. And there's yeah. that scene in that episode where 
he realizes the direction he needs to go, and like he just is starts skip like he just starts running with a smile on his face, and it's so <laughs> great. Right. And then the 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 B story of the other heroes fighting uh I can't remember the uh the one guy the Metal, one Metalingus? Guy. Yes, yes. Um there we go. That'll work. That'll work. Um I enjoyed that because it you know it showcased some of these uh some of these other heroes. And I believe the one moment of the dude losing his hand his arm. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, Master, I don't think I can fight. What do you mean? You just lost your arm. Just keep fighting. <laughs> Mom, it was just yeah, like. I remember that. Huh? It's one punch, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's the old gym teacher just telling you to walk it off. Walk it off. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. What's that down there? I've had worse. Uh, what's your number three, Josh? Number three. Is episode four the modern ninja? Our, I love introdu- this our, our introduction to uh, Speed of Sa- Sound uh, uh, Sonic um, is fantastic, but probably the better part is the Paradisers. Um, I love everything about them because they're just a bunch of lazy bums that just want society to accept them for being lazy. <laughs> and they just got these ultimately destructively powerful suits that. It's just it's it's hilarious. It's great, and of course, <laughs> the, I, I'm I'm gesturing the the moment uh, the first the, the first punch that Saitama ever landed on Sonic, which was, oh yeah, a dick punch, <laughs> yeah. A dick punch, and Saitama's like, oh jeez, I'm so sorry. <laughs> fantastic episode. It's a fun. It's a great. It's a delight. Um, I have a good time with it. So my penultimate. Almost to the top is episode five, the ultimate master. Um, because seeing Saitama just wreck the physical tests is so great. I mean, just everything. This you is know. a this is a hero association test. Yes, right? it's a serial. It's his hero association entry, and the tests were were great. You know, you have the the weightlifting, and then the the punch test, and then whack them all. <laughs> whack them. Yeah, just getting a perfect score on whack-a-mole <laughs> shot put he just right through the roof and then the latter half of the episode showing saitama and genos training and genos is giving it his all and saitama still just and cartoonishly walking off all happy like is one yeah. is one of the best images ever too it's, it's like and Gen- i think that's like the episode too where genos truly realizes the depth of saitama's power you know, and that's like, oh, he, he, you know, he, that was his oh shit moments. Like, I will never get, be- I will never be better than this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Moment, and it's it's a it's a great episode. And finally, my number one is episode two, the Lone Cyborg. Um, oh, okay. I love the episode because of how it pokes fun of the long-winded backstory <laughs> and how they frame it because. Any anime we ever watch, and someone gives you the backstory, you're seeing the full thing play out, um, you know, as if it's a memory. But instead, we're just getting all these random images as if you were somebody sitting there being told what's going on, and you're just looking at the most interesting thing in the room. Yeah, that scene was great. Yeah, Saitama's reaction is beautiful. Just the hundred words or, or less, you know, at the very yeah. end. And then the, the latter portion with fighting Beast King... 
and uh, and and the other minions from the House of Evolution, which is a mystery. All changes that no one sees. Clock makes a fool of history. No, Jesus Christ. Stop it. <laughs> Everything else about the episode is, is just a lot of fun. Um, especially when Saitama catches the uh, um, ground dragon. Found mm-hmm. <laughs> you. Yeah, that was really good. I like that too. Right. Uh, so, Bill, that was Josh's top five. It's uh, now our turn. So, do you want to go next, or would you like me to go next? I think jo- two of Josh's made my top five. So, mine too. Um, oh, okay. Um, so, would you like to go sure. last? As okay. So, I got whatever. However, you want to do it. I'm good. I'll I'll go next. You can go last since it's yours. You can you can have the final say on the on the, what are the best episodes since you this is your anime. Uh, so my number five was also from season one. It was season one, episode four. Josh already mentioned it, The Modern Ninja. Uh, I liked it for all the reasons Josh mentioned. The Hammerhead Gang was fantastic. It was the first time we saw Moomin Rider. Um, that was where he, I think, helped a, a small child and then saw the explosion was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I I think one of my favorite things in that episode was Saitama just being so indignant over the gang like not like that they're a gang and they're doing bad things but like so pissed that like they're stealing his image because they're all bald yep <laughs> love that uh it's the first time we saw speed of sound sonic um the dick punch we mentioned you know the first mention of the hero association so i thought it was a pretty good episode and a, an important one as well uh, my number four was from season two it was actually and i'm sure this one i i almost gonna guess that this one is also on your list uh, season two, episode one, Return of the Hero, uh, which is the King Spotlight, the opener to season two. Uh, that was the one where we saw King essentially, um, you know, like 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 we learned the secret of his, you know, false identity as a hero. And we learned that, you know, we get all that fun interaction between him and Saitama. His King um, engine. Yeah, his King engine. The fact that it's just his heart beating because he's so scared shitless. Um, we get the friendship aspects, obviously, that you're built there. Garu is introduced right at the end of the episode, um, although briefly Sonic is still there. Um, we get Hellish Blizzard's intro. There's a, It's a lot of really important setting the table for some things that are in a comp later in Season 2. Uh, my number three is uh, another one that Josh picked from Season 1, Episode 11, The Dominator of the Universe. My big thing there was the big fight. It was the first time we actually ever saw a whole bunch of Class S heroes fight. So it was kind of our introduction to like who they were, what and their what powers were, yep. yeah, w- what the fuck they can do. But I think that the best part of the whole thing was the very end with the setup between Saitama and Boros because we got that oh shit moment where Saitama punches him and then he gets up. Yep, he defeats the armor, not Boros. Not Boros. So you're like, oh shit, it broke the convention of the story, of the narrative. Where the fuck is it going to go now? You know, in all honesty, like looking, I had like 11 episodes written down to potentially make my top five. So this was, this is a tough choice. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. I just went through and, and just wrote them all down and went, uh, this one. Number two for me is season one, episode eight, the deep sea king. Um, Josh mentioned episode nine where he defeats the deep sea king. Uh, I think we talked about in our review of that, of those two episodes. You know, for me, I think I liked episode eight more than I liked episode nine. In large part, number one, it's the gayest episode of One Punch Man. 
Um, we we get like this this character Deep Sea King who's wearing a speedo and has heart nipples. We have Puri Puri Prisoner introduced in his like angel transformation, um, where he becomes Sailor Moon. Well, well, even his heart sweater vest. Oh yeah, that gets ripped off. It's the gayest episode of One Punch Man, and I absolutely adore it. It's it's fantastic. Um, you know, not only that though, we're introduced to Stinger and Lightning Max. Deep Sea King is the first actual threat that we ever get. Yeah, a like, real, real serious threat. threat. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Sonic get, comes back in, and you know he also loses his clothes at one point in this episode, and that's pretty gay. Uh, like everything about it, this episode is really amazing, and I, I love it. Uh, it's a fantastic episode. But it is not my number one. Alrighty. My number one is actually season two, episode eleven, "The Varieties of Pride," and it's my favorite episode for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, it's I think the the best combat that they do in the entire series. That's fair. You have Garu not only having to best all eight of those heroes, which I thought was one of the most fascinating combats that we see, just from a strategic standpoint. But it's also one of the more emotional ones because this is where we start to really feel for for Garu as a character in these last few episodes. Yep. Um, we get a few of those flashbacks that will continue into episode twelve of him when he was a kid, and I thought all that was really good storytelling. The fight between uh, Garu versus Genos and Garu versus Bang and Bomb was also really good. Uh, and then we also had more Saitama and King video game this, which was great. So like that, all of it was good. Like it was easily for me the best episode of the entire series. Fair enough. Uh, which leaves you, Bill, uh, with your top five. So start us off with your number five. All five of my top five have already been talked about. Some Holy of them, cow. Some of them more than once. Okay, so this will be fairly quick potentially. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a lot left to say. Okay. Uh, for me, number five was Return of the Hero. Okay. That was my number four. Yep. Having the whole King stuff was just great. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, again, having the the friendship and the the forgiveness, Saitama doesn't care that King took credit. And it, it's just a good episode. It makes you feel. Yeah, that, that part I think is really, we didn't mention that, but that part is really important. The fact that he comes clean about that, but Saitama's like, whatever. Uh, number four for me is the Lone Cyborg. Okay, that was one of Josh's. Yep. Saitama, like, chasing around a mosquito, wife's little annoyances, and can't handle it. <laughs> Whereas you see Genos doing, you know, his introduction, fighting a pretty legit supervillain in Mosquito Girl. Yep. Um, and almost blowing up a city block to do it. And the punctuation of naked Saitama coming out of nowhere to just splatter her on the building. It's just such a perfect punchline. Mm-hmm. I agree. The whole episode is just bald naked guy thwap. <laughs> Basically, yeah. My number three is Unyielding Justice. Okay. Um, that was also a Josh pick. You picked episode eight. Um, I picked episode nine, which again, when we talked about him, I said, I think I like this episode better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this episode has some real superhero stuff in it, too. Like, you really feels like a comic book, except for Moomin Rider and Saitama, who yeah. are still great parts of the episode. My number two is Varieties of Pride. Nice. I, I knew that was going to be, if not your number one, at least your number two. And it was, you know, a lot of this was really hard to pick these are these are slivers um on a different day i may have picked a different order Uh, yeah i probably would have too honestly i love varieties of pride for all the reasons you state 
plus Garu, you left out the fact that Garu is hurt already. Oh, yeah. Um, he got trounced pretty hard by Watchdog Man and by Saitama. He's trying to sleep it off. He's protecting a child from a bunch of gung-ho uh, Class A heroes who are just there to make a name on him. And he's still standing. He's outgunned. He's out overmatched. They're there for the wrong reasons. It, I mean, it's real heel or uh, real face stuff. Like it is one of those times in wrestling, um, like the Bret Hart Stone Cold match, where you saw the heel turn, face turn happen. Yeah, it, it happened simultaneously. Yep. And again, you almost you almost see that here. Like by the end of it, you despise Death Gatling and his war crew. And you're you really, want to see them lose. And you're rooting for Garu to tear him up. Yeah, totally. Um, and then there's that total tone shift when, boom, Gino shows up. It just really plays with your emotions well. Tells yeah, a great no. story. It, it's, it's good writing, good storytelling, good character development. And it makes sense that my number one was on both of your lists. Uh, my number one is The Modern Ninja. You know, I thought about putting that one higher, honestly. I mean, we got the thesis of the show. Um, the, the artistry of the bald guy, he's worried about his look. Sure. And that's funny, mm-hmm. but it's also the dark parallel. They want to be powerful so they can just do whatever they want and never be challenged. Whereas Saitama knows that's the wrong way to live. Yeah. Not just that it's evil or it's immoral, but it's also not going to lead to happiness. And he knows that the humor was on point. The, what the arm spinning by Saitama and the the <laughs> knocking over the wrong building and like you said, introducing speed of sound sonic was certainly important. And him and yes, him landing balls first on Saitama's fist. <laughs> and then just the awkwardness that resulted from that. Right. That was the first time in the series that I laughed out loud till I could I was crying. Oh, totally. I was, that was the moment that I was hooked. I, I thought it was fairly decent before that, but I was all in from that, that moment on. Yeah, it feels like a, a the show figures out what it wants to, what it, what it wants to be and what it should be by yeah. that point. You know, we talked but, about when we reviewed the first three episodes, they were fun, but also like, you know, by the time we got to end of episode three, like I was pissed because I'm like, well, this House of Evolution sounded like it was going to be the big villains, but yet we've already wrapped this up in three episodes. But like this, it starts to really kind of get at like what this show is supposed to be. Exactly, exactly. It's hard to it's hard to beat that. Um, if we tallied these numbers up between the three of us, I think uh, I think Modern Ninja would probably be the, the top one. now. It was hard not to just put the first five episodes as, as the top five, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first episode has perfect moments. The House of Evolution stuff has great moments. The comedy, especially, is really good in those first three episodes. It is. It's hysterical. But I think maybe if we if we really went through and ranked every episode and like weighted them by where we ranked them, and added, it'd be hard to have Modern Ninja not be the one on top between the three of us. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that, honestly. That's our top fives for One Punch Man. Um, the next thing I want to go into is, while we wait for Josh to come back, we didn't disclose that, but we're disclosing it now, um, is we're, we're going to talk about our rankings. Uh, we're going to revisit our rankings. We do this every time we finish up an anime. 
Um, and I listened back to last year's finale for season four today, and I wrote down our top listings, our rankings from top to bottom of all the anime that we've covered. And what I found fascinating about it was that you and I were in agreement completely on this list. Um, now, I don't know if that original list has changed in any way. I don't think mine has. I think I, I still hold to what I said in that episode between you, me, and Matt. But uh, just real quick, the order that we had before was Trigun, followed by Record of Lotus War, the OVA, followed by Wolf's Reign, followed by Excel Saga, followed by Gurren Lagann. Does that still sound like kind of the order that you would kind of put those in for yourself? Yep, exactly. All right, so the big question is, where do we slot One Punch Man in? And I have a feeling that you and I are going to have different opinions on this one. We probably are. So I think I'm going to start. And uh, I'm going to obviously keep the listing the way I had it before as far as order goes. Agreed. I'm going to place One Punch Man after Excel Saga and right before Gurren Lagann. So second to last on my list. And I'll explain why. Okay. So... That's not to say that I don't like One Punch Man, because I do. I really do enjoy it. And I don't. I know that like by putting it on a similar level, like really close to Gurren Lagann, almost sounds like I don't like it. And that's not true. Um, but the other four anime on that list are ones that are super important to me and that I really, really enjoy. So it's not for a lack of liking One Punch Man. It's just the fact that those four are so significant to my nostalgia and so significant to the stories that just have shaped me in some way and are important to me in some way. So don't look at it as being bad. Don't look at it as being a better than just a little better than Gurren Lagann. Right. Look at it as being right below Excel Saga. Yes, that's for my yeah, absolutely. Like you have your your four gold standards and this is a solid second place behind those four. Right. And then there's Gurren Lagann that's yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's how I would explain my ranking. So I'd go Trigun, Lotus War, Wolf's Reign, Excel Saga, One Punch Man, and Gurren Lagann. Well, we do now deviate from our list. Okay. Um, but there is a strange dichotomy there. Because I've actually placed One Punch Man as my second to top. Okay, interesting. So my list goes Trigun, One Punch Man, Lotus War, Wolf's Reign, Excel Saga, Gurren Lagann. Okay. And I think my, you know, you said your break point was your your top four best ever, you know, and then an anime you really like, and then the one you didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. My break point probably is right between Lotus War and Okay. Like, Trigun, One Punch Man, Lotus War, I think I could go back to and watch. Easy. Yeah. Those characters would have informed me. I would use them in things. Like, if we did the, the universe mashup game, or if I was... You know, for whatever reason, they those characters would come back to my mind uh, time yeah. and time again. Right. It's not that Wolf Strain wasn't good. I don't. I don't really think I'm ever going to feel the need to watch it again. I get that. And I've seen Excel Saga a couple times. It's fine. I enjoyed it. I laughed. But again, I'm not going to sit and watch it again. I just the other day I was thinking trying to find something to watch, and I, I almost put Excel Saga back in. I almost did. It's been like you know three, four years since we talked about it. So I'm like, I feel like I just want to experience it again. I didn't, though, but I, I, I was pretty damn close. And and I think Gurren Lagann is, although it's both of our bottoms, I think I rank it higher than you do. Oh, I, I know you do. Um, it There were points in it that really spoke to me. There were characters, there were plot lines, there were moments 
that I got it. And I mean, some of it's just as a mecha too, and I do enjoy mechs. Yeah, no, absolutely. You and big robots mesh well. Right. So yeah, that's my list. And Josh is not here, so I guess Josh doesn't give his uh, his list. Um, do we wait for him for these questions, or should we burn through a few questions that you know that we know that he couldn't answer? I mean, we're gonna get through it faster if we just tell our own <laughs> answer them and not. Well, let's let's at least go through a few of these that we know that like he may not be able to answer as, as easily. And then we'll maybe see if he pops in at some point, or if maybe he forgot that we're doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with a question from uh, Jordan Sears, uh, who says, is one, and we've kind of talked about this, and but maybe we can just kind of sum it up with an, an overall, um, is One Punch Man worth watching? Um, so, you know, it sounds like he has not followed necessarily through with all of our reviews of the season. Um, but if we had to uh, kind of just, just put a stamp of yes or no, because, I mean, we've talked about, like, the things we really like about it, but, like, I guess we didn't, like, give a full recommendation or not. So, is it worth watching? Why or why not? I I mean, I think my why has been the whole season, really, and and reiterated right in this episode. But, yes, enthusiastic, yes. Okay. Um, it took somebody who is not that into anime, a brand new anime with no nostalgia, made me laugh, made me feel, made me think, and... Again, slotted into my list as probably is my second favorite anime of all time. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Um, I'm not as high on it as you are, but at the same time, I do enjoy it for what it is. Uh, I think it is really good, you know, satirical storytelling. I think, unlike Excel, you don't have to have a, a complete knowledge of anime to really get it. If, I, if the question was, is Excel Saga worth watching, as much as I love it, I may answer that very differently than One Punch Man. You know, I think One Punch Man has more value in watching than Excel Saga does, just because... I think if you have to ask if Excel Saga is worth watching, it's probably not worth watching for you. Yes, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I think maybe that's the, the way to put it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great way, you know, of, of putting that. So, Jordan, to answer your question, yes, it is, uh, in my opinion, too. I think it is definitely worth watching. And uh, it is... It is... Yeah depending upon where they go in season three, especially like it's, it's worth picking up again. I, I will probably, once it comes back, we'll give it a watch. And I think it's probably, um, easier for a Western palette too. Oh, totally easier for a Western audience. All right, let's do this one. Let's do this one from Superfan Matt. Superfan Matt sent in actually a, a good chunk of questions. Excellent. Um, and that's why he gets to be the superfan. Yeah, that, that's why. Um, our beloved superfan. So he uh, asked the question, who is Metal Knight? And he gave us multiple choice. Okay. So is Metal Knight A, Genos' creator? B, someone we haven't met yet? C, a total douchebag jerk? Or D, A and C or B and C? C. A total... <laughs> So, okay, so you're saying that he isn't Genos' creator and is is someone that we have seen already. No, uh, C. He's just a du douchebag jerk. <laughs> okay. We have seen him. Not much of him, but we uh, have okay. seen him. You're right. You're right. We have seen him. Now, this stems from a discussion I think we had on an episode, right? Yeah, because you asked if the doctor that created Genos was Metal Knight. Yes. And and I think there were there were some things that like pointed to 
that being an interesting theory. Now, I think it was debunked. I don't remember if you debunked it or Matt debunked it. I, I debunked it. I went into um, I went into some spoiler territory and pulled up a wiki for. And I think we cut it from the episode. Did we cut it from the episode? I think we did. So do you want to do you want to jump into those spoilers real quick? What you remember? Well, long story short, they just they gave his name. Um, they talked about what he looked like. You actually see his eyes at one point. There is a panel in the manga that shows his eyes on like the top of his nose. Mm-hmm. Um, you still don't see a lot of him, but it's enough, at least from the hair, it's enough to show it's not Dr. K, whatever his name was. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, honestly. To, to M- Mushroom Head. Professor Mushroom Head. Profe- Professor Mushroom Head. But Absolutely. no, you, there's enough in that wiki and from the manga that says that, no, he is a different person. And actually, I think even we do see the back of his head in the anime itself. It's and he doesn't. Too. And he doesn't have that haircut. He doesn't, that's true. So, I would agree. I would say C, a total douchebag jerk, is the final answer. Unless that's a fancy hat. It could be. <laughs> like that pic- like that cursed picture of Toad. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, Alright, let's jump to another one here. Um, let's do this one, uh, also from Superfan Matt. He asks, Are you happy with the progression of shows picked for review? Uh, would you have preferred to have covered them in a different order? If so, what order would have been better? Which I thought was a really good question. Hmm. So, for those that maybe don't remember, um, or haven't been following along since the beginning, uh, the order of animes that we did, we started with Excel Saga, we went with Trigun, uh, to Gurren Lagan, to Wolf's Reign, to One Punch Man, and then Lotus War was a bonus season in the middle, and along with the Pokemon Generation stuff. Yep. So just just working on those core five. Right. Right. Do you are are you are we happy with the progression of shows that we picked? Would we have changed that order of progression? The only thing that really jumps to my mind for it, Excel Saga was kind of a deep dive into Japanese culture, anime tropes and parodies Mm -hmm. it may have served us better to come later than it did than to be our first season there's a lot to chew on first season absolutely Um, but that also gave us uh jessica calvello as an interviewee and that was wonderful so you know maybe that would not have happened otherwise yeah i uh i'm kind of with you on both of those points i i definitely think that if there was anything i would have moved I maybe would have thought about maybe shifting Excel Saga. Obviously, you know, 2D Japanese to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, like one day I just kind of went to you guys and said like, hey, if we started an anime podcast, would you, if I want to start an anime podcast, would you be in? And you both were like, yeah. I think I responded with the name. Yeah. Well, I think I came up with the name. Did you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think because I remember, I remember listening to the song Turning Japanese and I was like, oh, tuning Japanese would be a really good name for a podcast. And that's all I had. Okay, fair like, enough. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just want to use tuning Japanese with something. You know, I, I, I was really happy that both you and Josh were on board for this. Um, and, you know, I, I, I thank you tremendously for putting up with, like, all the bullshit of uh, Excel Saga, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and watching it in its entirety. And, and I think that that was a tough maybe sell for a first anime, but also, like you said, on the same token. That Jessica Calvello episode is my favorite thing that we've ever done for this podcast. Agreed. Um, you know, I mean, we also had a chance to talk with Dorothy Fawn, and she was wonderful. She was. Uh, oh, she was. She was a delight too. 
She was an absolute delight. The, and, the only know, thing that pushes the, Des- the Jessica Calvello one to be a little further of interviews mm-hmm. um, was her flirting with me and thirsty ass <laughs> Josh getting so upset about it. Like, <laughs> it was but, so good. But I'm cool. It, but <laughs> Oh, it's so good. And she's just, she just cracks me up. Like she's, you know, we follow her Facebook group and, and just, she's, she's wonderful. She's a national treasure. She is. She absolutely is. I love her to death. So, so yeah, I think, I'm not sure if we would have maybe had that if we had swapped things around, but, um, you know, really honestly, I probably maybe would have swapped the order of Trigun and Excel Saga. Maybe start strong with Trigun, um, and then go to Excel Saga. And see, I was actually almost thinking we might've been better off starting with Gurren Lagann. It had, it has fans. That's it's true. Oh, got, it's got name recognition. You're, you're right on that. I think, you know, trying to start a podcast with Excel Saga was, was a, a ballsy move. It, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think even starting like, you know, like spreading out like the, the newer anime, you know, like if we started with Gurren Lagann and, you know, we got back to one punch man, like there's enough separation of like different types of genres and, you know, like, like when they were like released, like release date, um, so yeah, I think maybe a little shuffling, but you know, am I upset with the order? No, I think, I think it's been fun. I think it's been a lot of fun just to kind of go with what, what we enjoy. I've never considered it until it was asked. So that must mean I'm pretty okay with it. Yeah, no, I think that was a really, really good question. It is a great question, all. but I'm just saying my, my lack of preparation for the question is a great question, but my yeah. lack of preparation for the question says, no, I'm probably okay with the order. There you go. Yeah, I thought about sharing these questions with you guys, but at the same time, I did this like right before we, we no, that's... to the recording. So, uh, another question from Superfan Matt is: Is mustard yellow really the best color for Saitama? I believe our friends over at My Anime Podcast are the ones that turned us on to. Apparently, that outfit is a parody of a different Japanese character. Yes, from a, a long-standing either manga or, or, or anime. I can't remember, but it's a kid's uh, IP. Yes, and both uh, Vaccine Man and Saitama were based as like spoof versions of those care of the main character yes. and the main villain. Yes. No, absolutely. Is Buster Yellow the best thing for a superhero to wear? Well, I suppose you want your superhero to be visible. Mm-hmm. You know how Batman wears the the bright yellow bat signal on his chest and that's the most heavily armored piece of his outfit yeah. so people shoot at it mm-hmm. i guess that's kind of a big version of that saitama comes in dressed in bright yellow and they're all they go hey there's a superhero shoot him they're not shooting civilians and that would that would protect him from the green lantern at least except for his hands and feet and head and- well that there's that hey josh is back by the way Welcome back. Hey, uh, the question is, and you can you can jump in on this answer, is mustard yellow really the best color for Saitama? A question from Superfan Matt. Yes, I think it is, actually, um, because yellow is a warning sign. And let's face it, I mean, you know, like a yellow yellow light, you're either going to speed up or you're going to slow down because <laughs> you're about to get hit by a freight train or something, or not a freight train, but like a semi. So there you go. Warning, warning, warning danger and his hands are red which is that's the red alert right there i just wanted to know where the yellow like where the suit came from at all like he's he's not he wasn't with the superhero association so like they didn't like make him that outfit so like did he sew his own outfit did he like I, I'm gonna, what are I the odds that it's just gonna, a sweatsuit it could be just a sweatsuit it, it looks like a jumpsuit actually not a sweatsuit but like a yeah like a, like a 
but like a, a prison worker um, jumpsuit. Okay. Or a hazmat worker's uh, suit jumpsuit. But yeah, I, I think it is some kind of free manufactured yellow suit that he probably mm-hmm. found. And they just slapped a, you know, he he probably sewed the uh, the cape on. That's a sheet. It's pure white. That is literally just a sheet wrapped around his neck. I so a su- so Superman's cape. So whatever. No, that was a baby blanket. <laughs> it's still a sheet. No, sheets and blankets are different. That's true. It's about the, the it's about the purpose and the thinness and there's a lot of things that actually differentiate. Semantic shut up. Hey, uh question from Michael <laughs> Fulton. He says, Have you played Mass for the Dead? I have not. Bill, have you quit, played Mass for the Dead? Gonna tell Josh to be quit being such an anti semantic knight. <laughs> Bill, have you played Mass for the Dead? I have no idea what that is. Neither do I. Hey Josh, you played Mass for the Dead. I played a little bit of it. It's a uh, mobile game. Uh, it's based off of the anime Overlord, actually, uh, one of my favorites. Um, we may we may dive into Overlord here one day. Um, it's uh, it's RPG turn based, you know, and and like any mobile game, there's also you know buy stuff to you know there there are pay to win options. And everything. Of course. So I I played it a little bit, but I didn't get very far. It was very just I could not. Um, okay. A lot, a lot more. Yeah, I couldn't get through even just the text bits because I just couldn't get through it. Okay. <laughs> couldn't. Um, but yes, yeah, so I did try it, Mike. Um, you know, thanks for the question. Yeah, appreciate it very much. <laughs> um, here's one from Yata. Uh, he asked, yeah. uh, "Which is more important to you, good art or good animation?" I I go with animation. Artwork is great. Um, but there have been plenty of examples where if you don't have the right animation, the right artwork or good artwork is going to look terrible. Case in point, and, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking shots at JC staff, but I'm going to, unfortunately. Okay. Um, the anime uh, Fate Stay Night Un- Unlimited Blade Works, okay? There's actually two releases, by one by JC staff, and then the most recent one was by UFO Table. JC staff's animation was ugly 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 and the character designs for unlimited blade works or for for, uh, fate stay night in general are are gorgeous if you look at um the artwork from the original uh uh, game uh and like the light novels and all that it's gorgeous artwork but then you add this very bad animation to it and it brings it all down now you look at the youthful table uh version and the animation is gorgeous it accentuates this this beautiful artwork so I believe that animation has to be good. Okay. No matter how good the artwork is going to be, and the artwork's a great base; it's a good skeleton. But if you got shitty skin over that skeleton, uh, you're not going to see the you're not going to see the beauty within. See, I'm going to take the opposite stance, uh, okay. and I'm going to say that art is more important than animation. And I'm not going to say that like that both that one's like not important because I think they're both very much important. Um, but I when I think of anime. And I think of it as a visual medium. It's not so much the animation, um, although we have taken pot shots at poor animation mm-hmm. in every show. You know that sort of sliding effect that you know, of like characters <laughs> kind of sliding across the screen. The poochy moments. The poochy moments. The, the pooch, the moments. Um, but at the same time, art is is super important. You know, it's you you take something like um, I'm going I'm to use the example of like uh, Leiji Matsumoto. You know his 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 work with like Galaxy Express three nine. Uh, or uh, you know the all the Harlock stuff. 
the animation on that old on those old shows, especially the older stuff like like Galaxy like Express, yeah, is yeah. not good. No, I'll but I still will hold Galaxy Express three nine up as one of the most impressive visual to me, at least one of the, one of the most influential, important visual like at like things in all of anime. His his style is distinct. His characters have a specific look that stand out in my mind that you know really help to tell the story. Um, so I'll, I'll use that as an example of that art being and, and the style being wonderful, but the animation being bad, but it's still being, I think, very, very good. You take something like Sailor Moon versus Sailor Moon Crystal. The animation in Sailor Moon Crystal is fantastic. Some of the art choices, not so much. Um, you know, it, there's some people that will, will, will dog on, on, on Sailor Moon Crystal, especially the early seasons for just some of the, the choices that they made artistically. Um, so, so for me, art, I think Trump's animation. I mean, I'm a comic book fan, so yeah, art's more important. Comic books don't move at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right. taking well, the manga let's, approach. Let's take, let's take another, let's take actually a more immediate example though, uh, for my argument here. And let's look at, uh, One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. If you look even at the original artwork of the manga, it's very simplistic, very, the, the character designs are not fantastic. But it took Madman Entertainment taking taking all the imaging here and making all these great animated scenes here and and, and you know really bolstering and, and making the artwork great and then it actually created better artwork as compared to the original manga uh, shorts uh, that were that were released for One Punch Man. I think you're talking about the webcomic for one, but for two, right. complexity does not equal good art. Good art is expressive. Good art makes you feel things. Good art makes you see, understand things. I would argue, as simplistic and cartoony as the original webcomic was, it was still effective art. Just because it wasn't complex and gorgeous, those are not, those are two different scales. Right. Well, well, there's, there's the three scales of the picture plane. Like, right. Like the, you know, we go back to Scott McCloud's. Um, work understanding comics you know he talks about in there the idea of like meaning versus like the abstract versus like i'm trying to remember what the third one was but like this idea that like faces can be plotted on this triangle you know depending upon how simplistic they are versus how detailed they are versus how abstract they are um and and that that art style and those choices i think don't necessarily like like one is not better than another. Like, exactly. We can't you can't say Charlie Brown is is better art than uh you know than I'm trying to think of something like really complex like drawn but like you know like like the the current Marvel stuff right you can't say one is better art than another. Yeah, better is a really really subjective term. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's the other thing though too is the you know this whole argument is very much subjective. Oh, totally, one hundred percent. I would say. Subjectively, I would say Charlie Brown is better art than the current Marvel stuff. The current Marvel stuff is more okay. is more technically proficient, more detailed oriented. But yeah. Charlie Brown is more iconic. Like iconic is the right word there. Yeah, you you put four or five lines down the correct four or five lines down, you go Charlie Brown. Yeah, fair enough. The fair Simpsons, enough. Bart Bart Simpson, right? You know, like there's these certain characters that like have the denotations of the art that like make them iconic. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think it, 
again, we use professional wrestling as a, uh, as a touchstone a lot. And I think this is another place I can. Whereas there are wrestlers who are super technically proficient who just aren't over. Sure. Lance Storm, great example. Lance, Lance Storm was never that over. Incredibly technically proficient. Whereas you have some people like my favorite, Mick Foley. Nobody's calling him a technician. But he's incredibly entertaining and iconic. Right. Now, sure. who, who's the better wrestler? It's, it's subjective. So, and that's, that's, yeah, and that's a subjective uh, subject in of itself. And I get where, where you're coming from with that. But if you, but if you, if you do it by dollars and cents, it's not. It's easy to see who the. But, but you, I would want to argue though, too, that if you see something that's poorly animated, it's going to, you know, make you not even care for the artwork that's behind it. I don't. I don't know. Um, that's true. I, I've seen some, even even within the shows that that we like or, or don't like, like Gurren Lagann. Let's 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 look at Gurren Lagann. Would you agree that artistically, for the most part, the artwork is gorgeous, right? Yeah, uh, for the most part, there were some lazy, I think, bits of art, but yes. But 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 like lazy episodes and everything else. But that was the other thing I was going to get at. Like episode four was a terribly animated episode, and it almost completely took away from all those great character designs. That we've seen thus far. I mean, both both are certainly important. Don't get me wrong. They have to work. They have to complement each other. They do. And so, what what we're being asked is not which one is important. They both are. Yeah. We're being right. asked what is more important. So and you, I feel yeah. that the that the uh, animation, especially when it comes to a visual medium like anime, you know, where it is a movement, you know, pictures in motion, mm-hmm. that motion needs to look. Good. And I disagree, but it's not a debate. It's just an opinion. Unless, of course, unless, of course, it, it and, and for example, go back to the 3-9. The animation is not that great, but even then, that was the animation techniques of the time. Right. And it's, and it's still remembered. Right. So, yeah, it wasn't great animation, but it was good animation for, for the time. Hell, the original Vampire Hunter D movie in, in 85. You look at it now, the animation isn't all that stellar, but it's still... You know, it still was good animation for mm-hmm. 1985. It was fantastic animation for that for back then. If you want more discussion on on that, you can go back to our back catalog and listen to our review of uh, of Vampire Hunter. The Day. original Vampire Hunter. There you go. Or, or you can sign um, up for Patreon yeah. and listen to all the parts of this that Andrew's cut out because <laughs> <laughs> because we're because we're running long. Speaking of, we need to jump through these next couple of questions uh, a little a little quicker here. Um, so next question, uh, back to Superfan Matt. He asks uh, if. You were, I'm going to kind of reword his question a little bit. Uh, if you were a hero and, you know, one of us was a hero and the other two of us were members of the Hero Association, what would we name the person coming in as a hero? So what would B- Bill and I, what would we name Josh? Josh and me, what would we name Bill? And you two, what would you name me? What would my superhero name be? So we need to, we need to come up with superhero names for the three All of us. All right. So, so Bill, I think, I think you and I should tackle Andrew first. What, okay. what do you think? I think Matt hurt him. There you go. Huh? What? You're going to hurt him. <laughs> um, I, I, I got to give, you know, we have to make some sort of reference to his uh, his height and his skinniness. Being Paul Andy comes to mind. <laughs> Titan teacher. I dig that. I dig that. That there's, there's the height and there's the profession. Yep. Grinning Titan teacher. Because you, you grin and, and us. <laughs> I can't help You're... it. I, I just like smiling. This is a superhero, not an exalted name. 
<laughs> Titan teacher it's of the got... grinning sun. Speed of Sound Sonic. Come on, dude. That's fair. No, Speed of Sound Sonic would definitely be an exalted name. It is. <laughs> but it's also a character name. I mean, it's you true. go that route. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to hit, like, you know, Demon Cyborg, Kate Baldy. It's true. They do Dino. like their kind of a lot of two-word name, two names. Yeah. I like Titan Teacher. Titan Teacher's good. Josh, what about Bill? What should we name Bill? I'm thinking, mm. I'm thinking like Resurrection Man, because okay. like, because because one, his ability to to survive, uh, <laughs> and number two, it has the word erection in it, <laughs> and I feel like he would he would giggle at that, or maybe just like the collector, the collector. <laughs> that, See that that sounds like a villain name though. That does that is a villain name. That does <laughs> that is actually a villain name? You're He's right. in the yeah, MCU. That's, that's, <laughs> That sorry, yeah. I, I I knew that came yeah. from somewhere. Um, Cosmic being, but yeah. Oh, you could be Resurrection Cyborg because you got like I, robot parts. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I, I resurrected Cyborg. I love How about it. Resurrected Cyborg. Uh, I I think we got to go with Resurrection. I think Resurrection sounds better because you got to have erection in there. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but he's erected. All right, Bill. Uh, we got to name Josh. <laughs> See, there's just too many options out there. I know. My brain is kind of jumping back and forth between lots of things. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where I want to put the dial. <laughs> the mean the dial. I think I think the word thespian has to be in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like thespian has to be in there. Displacing, because like he's here and then he's not some episodes. So like he's like a displacer beast. So like this episode? Like, yeah. So like he's like the displacing um, spaz. So, um, half man. Half man, we'll call him half man. That works on so many levels. Josh, you know, you're not half man. Six is not that is not that short. <laughs> so many levels. Hey, let's move on <laughs> to another question. Oh fuck you! Let's move on to another question. Oh no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys get these get these really cool ones, and then half man is what you get for me. Hey, I said displacer. Like I, I kind of like that one. I like the thespian thing. You're the display. You're the displaced thespian. Displaced thespian? There you okay. go. There. Um, Adam, good friend Adam, uh, asked the question, if it's three guys in their 30s, does that mean when you're in your 40s, you're going to have to add a host? It's barely three guys in our 30s. <laughs> It'll be two guys in our 40s by that point. That's ominous, actually, <laughs> when you say it like that. I think we've set the precedent that like, we just say the number, at this point, we just say the number of people who are there. We'll probably just be like dudes in their 40s. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. I so. mean, we, we originally did three dudes in their 30s for the alliteration. But yeah. I mean, you know, eventually, you know, in, in two more years, it's not going to be it's not going to be accurate at all. That's true. Even when I am here. So. A number of people's in their th in their ages. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then our final question is from Superfan Matt. He called out just us, but we're going to also obviously include Josh in this. Um, he says, what characters... From anywhere on the known gender spectrum, from any anime that we've covered so far, okay. would you like to cosplay as? And he says, he, he finishes up with, sorry, you both can't say Yoko from Gurren Lagann. <laughs> Who would you cosplay as? Let's let's do it this way. Let's just go through each of the anime and see if there's someone that you'd want to cosplay from that anime. Yeah, because I, I, I think we can I think we can mine more than just one piece. Yeah, so let's start with Excel Saga. Okay. We'll start with, we'll start with Bill. Who would you cosplay from Excel Saga? Probably, and this is the hardest one too mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> um, yeah, this one I don't have a. I don't. I assumed a, you'd say Space Butler. Oh yeah, duh. Jeez, you're right. 
hey, I'm a couple beers in and it's late. <laughs> yes, absolutely, <laughs> Space Butler. Okay. Bill goes to Space Butler. Josh, who would you uh, cosplay from? Mario Palazzo. That also is a good one. That's a good choice. <laughs> especially especially being Lord El Palazzo nearing his 40s and having a gut. No, that's that's fair. I think I would go with Excel. I just want the I want those shoulder pads. <laughs> I I can see that. I thought you were going to say Nam Machine for sure. And you know, oh, mm, I'm going to change my answer. Nabashin? I'm totally doing Nabashin. It's either Nabashin or Pedro, but I don't think Andrew wants to go that far. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, no, totally 100% now going with uh, Nabashi. That's a perfect one. All right. We've got our Excel Saga. So well, let's do this also by season. So we went with Excel Saga. So next season's Trigun. All right. So Josh, your first one now. Wolfwood. So I, I got to be Senpai. Not surprised. Love senpai. Not surprised. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Vash. Not surprised. <laughs> I've always wanted that jacket. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely going to go with Vash. Monev. Yes. Yes. Oh, Bill, big gun arm. I'd okay. love that. That'd big so gun cool. arms, big orange visor over my face. and Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to Gurren Lagan next, and I guess it's my turn to start with Gurren Lagan. If I could get myself in any semblance of shape, I would totally go as Kamina. Cool. Cool. Okay. I, I, I love his energy, and, and, and I think mm -hmm. he's one of the sexiest anime characters of all time. Fair enough. You just want his burning man manliness in you. Yeah, I do. Uh, hey, Bill, you're up next. Uh, I would probably go as um, Wagon. <laughs> the mech? Uh, I've actually seen I've actually seen somebody cosplay that way as uh, Simone in Wagon. Oh, That's yeah. That's so cool. I, I went to anime, when we went to Anime Iowa a couple of years ago, I saw it and I thought it was one of the best things ever. That's amazing. It was fantastic. Oh, cool. Josh, who would you go as? That means I'm, I'm writing you, Bill. Simon. <laughs> what else is new? I'm going to jump on his shoulders. <laughs> All right. All right uh, so then good. we go to Wolf's Rain Wolf's and Rain. Bill. Uh, probably Quinn. 100% could see that. Oh, Josh, are you going to go somewhere furry? Shut up. <laughs> yes. This is the moment I've been waiting for, Josh. Josh, which character Blue. would you cosplay? Oh, Blue. Uh, human form? Human form. <laughs> I love that dress. It's sexy. No, blue would be a good choice. Blue would be a really good choice. Um, I'm leaning either... Either... I don't, I don't know if I could pull Sume off. Don't worry about if you could pull it off or not. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't uh, don't let your body dysmorphia throw you throw you for a loop. My, my, my first thought was, was Hub, just because I really like Hub as a character. I could see his Hub. Yeah. yeah, I I I I would kind of want to go as one of the wolves though, so I, I I might I might say Sume, either Hub or Sume. I can't believe Josh yeah. doesn't choose Darcia. Oh, Josh. Okay, that's a little too on the nose. I could I could dress as Darcia um on on the regular. Exactly, you have the stuff. <laughs> I want to do. I want to challenge myself. I also might want to be Jagara. Like I bet I could pull off Jagara. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think I could. Should we do Record of Lotus War real quick? I feel yeah. like we have to. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, Josh, you're up. Gim. Mm. Oh, you would make a good Gim at this point. That beard you got, got, got right, going on. Right, the beard I got going on yeah. here, right? Yeah. And I'm short and I'm fat. There I mean, you go. fun. There you go. <laughs> Give me an axe. I'm ready to go, baby. I mean, 
again, part of me is like, Deedlet would be fun, but um, I think I think I'd, I'd be Woodchuck, like original Woodchuck. Okay. Okay. Not Carla oh, Woodchuck. Come on. Oh, come on, be Carla Woodchuck. Carla too. Woodchuck would be a really fun one to do, but I think that'd Woodchuck. Be like, or just that would Carla. be like an after hour. Or just Carla. Uh, Carla cosplay. would be a lot of fun, too. Yeah. No, but but Andrew, I could see you do um, Woodchuck as an after hour, or Carla Woodchuck as an after hours cosplay. Yes. You'd be Woodchuck during the day. Yes. And then at night. That actually would be really, really good. That's what I'm uh, saying, brother. You could also pull, I mean, you basically were dressed as slain. <laughs> Back in college for kids. <laughs> I was. It's true. Bill, who would you cosplay for Mecha Lotus War? Probably Orson. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good choice. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, and then our last one is uh, One Punch Man. Uh, you're first. This is a really tough one. Uh, I would probably... I think I'd want to cosplay as Genos. Okay. I think that's he just it would be really complex and cool looking if I could if if you could if you could make it like it would look neat. Oh, you, you, anyone could pull it off. You just have to have the time and the resources. Yeah, it would look really cool. I think I'd go with you. Resources. <laughs> uh, Bill. Oof. Um. How much trouble would I get in as Curry Curry Prisoner? <laughs> all, all of it. I for half a second I thought you were going to say Super Alloy Darkshine, and I was going to be like all of it, all the trouble. Also, all of it. <laughs> could be worse. Could could be uh, Chaos Kabata. Okay. No, that's not worse. That's slightly better. Slightly, but not by much. Not by much, but slightly. Man, that's a hard one. It really is. Um, you know who's got a badass outfit? Actually, would be Death Gatling. Oh yeah, Josh. <sighs> I'm torn. I'm torn between probably. Uh, my favorite character, and then uh, a character I should have listed as one of my favorites. It's either gonna—I'm torn between Moomin mm-hmm. or Bang because I, I like Bang as well. I'll go with Moomin. I want to see you as Moomin Rider. Yeah, I want to do it. I really want to see you as Moomin Rider. Right, right. That's amazing. I mean, that would be so fun, and and, and actually ride through a con on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, right. And well, and what well, the best part is. Would be I would have to slap some speakers on, and I just have to have the Moomin Rider song just playing on loop. And last one, just because I'm going to add it here real quick. You don't get a lot of time to think. Just tell me, uh, since we did cover Pokemon Generations, what Pokemon would you uh, cosplay as? Starting with Josh, Evie, Bill, uh, the forearm fighty one, Machamp, Machamp. Yes, nice. <laughs> Uh, I I would be Ashawat. Okay. All right. I want to change uh, my my One Punch Man answer. I I want to be Metal Bat now. Oh, you are yeah, do, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I you could rock that. That would be way better. Yeah. Um. That's all the questions that we had from fans. I want to thank everyone for sending in questions. Really appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Good times, good times. So we are running way past our normal time. So I think it's about time that we start wrapping up here a little bit. Let's talk about a couple things uh, in closing. Number one, we're probably going to take next week off. So we have some time to like get some stuff together and ready. Um, so there probably will be no release next uh, next week unless I pull something from the archives uh, from Patreon and put it up. We are going to do, uh, we're going to be putting together and, and trying to find maybe some special guests to do some kind of bonus content. Another summer viewing program, as it kind, were? Kind of, um, but we're going to, I think, keep it closer connected to anime. Okay. So 
We're going to do, I think, a couple of anime movies or, or like super short series. Um, I know that Superfan Matt has shown some interest in coming back on and talking about uh, Elf Princess Rain. I know that we've got some other things that we would like to do and bring on some some guests. So um, we're going to do so that for a little while, and then we're going to come back with season six. Season six? You can't you can't tell me after watching a few episodes that Tiger King is not an anime. <laughs> I, I promised you already that we will I will watch some Tiger King and we will we will put that either as a bonus episode uh, or we'll just toss it onto the regular feed. Um but we will record a Tiger King episode, I promise you Bill. Okay. So so season six. Season six. Um, so we we've covered all the anime we talked about. We're back to Josh now. Josh, I know you took a hiatus. Um we're mm-hmm. hoping to, to, to get you back here on a more regular basis. Um it is your choice. So what is it that we are gonna be watching? for season six that people can look forward to. Uh, and a uh, favorite from the early mid two thousands, uh, Andrew and I both like, Ooh, so we're going back in time a little bit, going back in time this time. Yeah. Uh, a little bit further back. We're going to do gun gray. I am so excited actually. Yes. Um, I'm eager for Bill's take on this because I think he is going to find the structure of the story be a lot different than um, what we're traditionally used to. And I love the history of how this anime came about as well. It's definitely in my top top 10. I'm also eager to see what my wife thinks about it because whenever we actually do, when you know I'm back on our regular viewing, she actually watches the series with me. So I'm, I'm very excited. It, it's a good choice. Talk about the things that Bill kind of likes in anime. I feel like Bill will rock good chunks of this mm-hmm. if not the whole mm-hmm. thing um, fair enough it, it has been a few years since i last watched it so it's been it's, a while for me too be, it's it's going to be fun to revisit this as well uh much like how Gurren logon was a journey i'm sure this is going to be another journey those are both two good title words mm-hmm. true kind of like t- kind of like tiger king right now um and Gungrave is on funimation yes that was my next question is where people can find that one so um yep. Funimation, for sure. You can find that. I think it has mm-hmm. the dubs and the subs. Yes, it does. Of course, we'll be doing the, the dub, and I'll be back to name-dropping our, our dub actors uh, now that I'm back. Yep. Can't wait. There you I go. Am, I'm excited. So we have that look to look forward to. Gungrave, Season 6. Uh, I'm very excited to sit down and watch that again. And pew, pew, pew. Yeah, so. um, with that, we uh, are going to wrap up two hours of recording. <laughs> it's going to be fun <laughs> to try to edit this tomorrow. I want to thank you as always, um, not only, obviously, our fans for sticking with us through five seasons of the show, um, but thank you to Bill and Josh for making a show that I just said, hey, let's do an anime podcast, and here we are still <laughs> producing content for this thing. Um, really appreciate you guys, and uh, I love doing this with you. And I, I love it, too. Sorry. Uh, I'll say this now. I am sorry for my absence for the latter half of this season. Life just got way too complicated. Um, my, But I think we've got a better game plan going forward. But I missed you guys. We missed you too, bud. Missed you. So, with that, thank you so much for listening to Toonie Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And my name is Andy. I'm Bill. And I'm Josh. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. I've never financially recovered from this.
Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to Patreon.com slash Tuning Japanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt. Brian Nash and Cameron Baird.